Well, we're in week seven of our series, Courageous Faith. And today I want to tackle this question, how do we choose faith over fear whenever fear is like banging on our door? Before we get to that, months prior to this, God in his sovereignty posed this, this series, put us in this series, Courageous Faith. He, he, he reminded us in this season that, that we need to walk in courageous faith. He gave us this, this verse, this theme verse in Joshua 1.9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua in the Old Testament is really a picture of what God desires to do in our hearts, in our lives. He reminds us that there are new victories for us to take. There are, there's new ground for us to take in our lives. There's new, new promises, new blessings for us to take hold of. But whether we will or whether we won't is contingent on us being people who walk in courageous faith. The reality is that there are some very real battles that you must face, that I must face, if we're going to be the people God's called us to be. And throughout this series, we've seen that men and women of courageous faith, they speak with words of courageous faith. There, there's, there's power in having spiritual vision and viewing our situation, viewing our battles from God's perspective, not just a physical perspective. We're reminded to be, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. People of courageous faith walk in courage, and we talked about what that, what that looks like. We talked about the value of giving thanks before the battle's won. Even in the midst of the battle, we are called to, to give thanks because ultimately Jesus is already victorious. We're reminded to seek God in everything, the big things, but also the minute things. And last week we talked about the power of believing God for some crazy big things. Last week we discussed how God is not intimidated by our large request. Matter of fact, he delights in it because it, we're just reminding ourselves, reminding God that God, you're big. God, you're strong. God, you intervene on the behalf of your people. And so according to Joshua 9 and 10, I challenged you to begin to pray some big, bold prayers, some sun stand still prayers in your relationship, for your physical health, for your emotions, for your finances, for our country, for our world, for your ministry, whatever you need God to step into, I just believe that God is still inviting us to call out to him in a very big way. I wish that we could just pray and everything would be happy clappy like there's no more world pandemic because of those bold prayers we pray. I wish that there'd be no more aches and pains in your body. I wish that teenager would not roll her eyes anymore whenever you ask her to do the dishes because of your big bold prayers. But, but, but nevertheless, here, here we are. The fact is that you may ask God for the sun to stand still, but still in that situation, the sky grows darker. Or maybe you're like Joshua. In Joshua 10, we see the southern armies, these southern kingdoms uniting forces and rallying against Joshua. But then we turn the page to Joshua chapter 11, and now there's another battle, a bigger battle, a tougher situation where all the northern kingdoms are rallying forces against Joshua, and they have more resources, more manpower, more modern technology when it comes to, to warfare. And now Joshua faces a bigger battle. We read this in Joshua 11, verse 6. Says the Lord said to Joshua, all these armies are piling down on him. They're, they're ready to crush him. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. That's the question I want us to tackle today. 
How can we walk in faith and not in fear in the midst of overwhelming odds? How can we walk in faith, not in fear, whenever the situation that we can see is full of trepidation? God tells Joshua, don't be afraid of them, because by this time tomorrow I will hand them to you slain over to Israel. You are to hamstring their horses and to burn their chariots. Again, God tells Joshua, do not be afraid. God gives Joshua a promise. God gives Joshua supernatural assistance. God still asks Joshua, though, to fight the battle, and he will ask you to do the same. I feel like this is a timely word for us because some of us have just come out of a season where it felt like, man, I don't know if I can handle one more thing. We just came out of a a busy season. Maybe you just came out of a, a tough season, a very real battle, only to be met with this season with even greater battles, even more challenge. Some of us started asking bold prayers last week, and in the natural, it looks like nothing has changed. In fact, for some of us, maybe the situation has actually gotten worse. I want to take us to a passage of scripture in the New Testament that demonstrates a situation just like Joshua is experiencing. It's this man named named Jairus, and he's asked Jesus to to come and help him in the the midst of life's worst situation. It looks like Jesus is coming through, miracles on the way, courageous faith is beginning to rise in Jairus, only to be met with some disheartening news. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 5. This is a historical narrative that is recorded in Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 5, and Luke chapter 8. But we're going to focus our attention on Mark's account today. Uh, Matter of fact, a little side caveat. If you're new to studying the Bible, I would invite you to to start in Mark. Mark's a very fast-paced, very high-energy, great overview on the life of Christ. And I think it would be an exciting read for you in this season to to anchor yourself in, in God's God's word. But let me give you the first principle. If you're taking notes on your phone, your mobile device, maybe you're just going to scratch out some notes on a piece of paper, here's the first principle. People of courageous faith know Jesus is the only solution. People of courageous faith know Jesus is the only solution. Let's read it in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Because Jairus knows Jesus is the only solution. Verse 23, here's what he needs. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please, come put your hands on her that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Essentially, this man named Jairus is an important synagogue ruler. He would have been very uh, high profile in this culture. And he has this great need. His 12-year-old daughter is sick and dying. He comes to Jesus. He humbles himself because he realizes, Jesus, you're the only solution in the midst of my situation. And I believe this this just represents the greatest need any human being can have. I could not imagine my 12-year-old daughter being sick to the point of death. And so I want to point out and say that, that this need could be symbolic of whatever the greatest need in your life is today. And I love how God's word speaks to our 
toughest situations, the most difficult seasons. There's nothing that you'll go through in life that God's word will not address. In this story, Jesus agrees to go heal this man's daughter. And so it seems like the prayer is being answered. The miracle is on the way. The sun is starting to stand still. However, there's an interruption. There's this woman who butts in front of Jairus. This woman who's had this issue of blood for over 12 years. She, she, she cuts in front of Jairus whenever it looks like Jairus is about to get the miracle. And I'll just say this, whenever someone butts in front of me at Costco, like that's enough to make a preacher want to cuss. But whenever the stakes are so high, when, when Jairus' daughter is on her deathbed and this woman butts in front of him, like this is next level. Now this woman butts in front of Jairus because she knows that Jesus is the only solution. So think about this. You're about to have your daughter healed. You're about to have this, this big sun standstill miracle in your life take place. Jesus is en route to your house. And then all of a sudden, it's interrupted. The only problem with this is that while Jesus is healing this lady, all this commotion takes place and Jairus gets word that his daughter is not getting better, but actually much, much worse. Let's pick it back up in Mark chapter 5, verse 35. While Jesus was still talking, some people came from the house of Jairus to the, syn the synagogue leader. And here's the message, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Where it looked like God was going to come through, the situation was about to turn. Jairus is blindsided with more bad news. Somebody obviously more important has cut in front of him in the cosmic scheme of things. She got her prayer answered at the expense of Jairus getting his prayer answered. And now it's not just a bad situation. Now it's just not a sick situation. Now it's a dead situation. And now Jairus doesn't just need healing. Now Jairus needs resurrection. Things have actually gotten worse. This is the place where Jairus is. And then they ask him this question, why bother? Why bother the teacher anymore? I feel like for some of us here today, like we're just in that spot where we're just like, why bother? Maybe our faith got stirred at one point. Maybe you thought it was going to happen. Maybe you thought breakthrough was going to come. Maybe God was on his way to your house to make all the difference. Maybe this was your turning point and then something flies in your face to say, why bother? I don't know if you've ever gotten to that place. But I think it's interesting to note that the people that say this to Jairus are not Jairus' enemies, but it's actually Jairus' own household. It's people that, that are for Jairus, people wanting to help Jairus. Sometimes the greatest questions of doubt arise not from the outside, but maybe from the, the inside where we just say to ourselves, why, why bother? And here's the paradox. God wants to do something big in your life. You want him to, to see him move. You want to see him to take charge. You want to, you want to pray some very bold, big prayers. And, and you hear the voice of God saying, all things are possible for him who believe. But then there's this other voice saying, why bother? Why bother? Why bother? I mean, you've tried to break that habit for years. What difference does it make? Why bother? You've, you've tried to reconcile. you try tried to work on that relationship for, for so long. I mean, why, why bother? 
Why bother to continue to pray for your kids? I mean, you've been praying for them for years. You've fasted, you've prayed, and they're still strung out on drugs. Why bother? Why bother giving to the church? I mean, the church isn't even meeting. I mean, why be generous? I know the Bible talks about it over and over again, but, but this is a unique season. I mean, why? Why bother? Why bother dreaming of healing? Why bother? Why bother speaking words of courageous faith when everyone around us is having this message that the sky is falling? I mean, why bother? I'll tell you why we bother. Because people of courageous faith know Jesus is the only solution. I love this in in Mark chapter 5, verse 36, there's, you know, some people have like these, these famous quotes at the end of their email signature. They maybe have a scripture verse to, to bring some hope, bring some perspective. I'm thinking about getting Mark chapter 5, verse 36, because I have the luxury of fielding some difficult questions. I, I field quite a few complaints whenever people uh, see something that they think is, is out of line or out of balance. And, and sometimes there's some, some truth to that. But I'm thinking about getting this on the, the end of my email signature, Mark 5, verse 36, Jesus, this is his response. He says, ignoring what they said. I just like that. Ignoring what they said. He did what God called him to do. Here's the principle. People of courageous faith ignore the negative voices. People of courageous faith ignore the negative voices. If we're going to walk in courageous faith, we got to learn Mark 5, 36. we got to ignore some of the negative voices. Imagine what Joshua was thinking whenever God tells him, hey, Joshua, I know Moses was the most humble man to ever walk the earth. I know he was a a great leader, but I know the people still rebelled against him. But Joshua, you're going to lead these people to inherit the land I promised to them. Joshua, I just need you to walk in courageous faith. But Joshua, ignoring his inner critic, did what God said. Imagine what the critics were saying to Joshua whenever he tells them his plan. Hey, we're going to cross the Jordan River and take the promised land. I know the river's at flood stage, but here's what we're going to do. Imagine the critics. Joshua, ignoring what they said, did what God said. Imagine Joshua rolling out the plan for Jericho. I mean, these people, the nation of Israel has never seen a city so fortified, so strong, the walls so tall. And here's Joshua's plan. Hey, we're going to march around this city for seven days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to blow some trumpets. We're going to lift up a shout. What, Joshua? Imagine what his critics said. But Joshua, ignoring what they said, did what God said. Imagine the conversation with his military commanders when they come to Joshua chapter 11. Imagine the the military commanders saying, Joshua, they're bigger than we are. Joshua, they're stronger than we are. Joshua, they got horses. They got chariots. They got more resources. We're outnumbered. But Joshua, ignoring what they said, did what God said. You know what, guys? Every time you want to do something great for God... You're going to have to ignore some negative voices and just do what God tells you to do because there will always be 101 reasons why it shouldn't happen. But you just march in courageous faith and do what God tells you to do. And here's a question. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another perspective. Maybe if it's never been done, it hasn't been done because God's leaving it for you to do. 
I know what our church history has been. I, I know what's taking place in the past. But, but who knows what God has for us in the future. So don't let anyone tell you what Central Christian Church can do or what it can't do. Maybe this is a new day. Maybe this is a new generation. Maybe he's placed you here to take new ground in new territory to do something that's never been done before. If it hasn't happened, maybe it's because he wants you and I to do it. People of courageous faith ignore the negative voices. Some people have the gift of selective hearing, don't they? Maybe you know some people with the gift of selective hearing. Don't elbow them. Don't throw a pillow across the room at this point. But when it comes to ignoring the negative voices, we too have to have selective hearing. Because selective hearing is one of the most effective allies in our fight for faith. We've got to tune out some doubt. We've got to learn to, to do exactly what Jesus did, ignoring the negative, just doing what God told him to do. Yesterday, I got a call from a telemarketer. And I don't know if you pick up your phone and it just says telemarketer. I, some people answer it. For me, I just hit the red button. I just, I'm not even engaged in the conversation. I would just submit to you that the best thing to do whenever doubt rings your phone, don't even answer it. You just hang up on them just like you would a telemarketer. And I love how Jesus responds in this situation, so unfazed by the situation when he hears about this, this man's daughter dying. Watch Jesus' unflinching response as he responds with a straight gaze, a sovereign plan. He, he's, he's not twinching at the news that, that this man's daughter has died. And even though it seems dead, there is still hope because God has a plan for a resurrection. Here it is in Mark 5, 36. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Here's the principle. People of courageous faith choose faith over fear. People of courageous faith make a conscious choice that I'm going to choose faith over fear. That's the title of today's message. That's the big idea. If you've tuned out, maybe you, you jumped on social media for a minute, I would just invite you to, to tune back in because there's a message here that I think is, is good for you, good for me, good for the church, good for our world in this day and age. We need to be people of courageous faith who choose faith over fear. Jesus tells Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. I'm not saying that we ignore the challenges that are around us. I am saying let's look at our challenges through the lens of faith because one greater than your present challenge is here. Therefore, Jesus can speak to the darkest seasons, to the darkest situations and say to you today, don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus didn't ignore the fact that Jairus' daughter was dead. But he tells Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, because one greater than death itself was with Jairus. Over and over again, Joshua, uh, we, we hear this message from God, God telling Joshua, don't be afraid. However, Joshua didn't ignore the facts that he was going into battle against, against armies, against kingdoms, against, against giants that were bigger, stronger than him. God never tells Joshua, Joshua, ignore the facts. 
Joshua is just told that, hey, Joshua, whenever you see these armies that are bigger than you, when you see that, that you're against overwhelming odds, when you stand on the battlefield and you observe the situation, Joshua, here's what I need you to do. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because one greater than your greatest enemy is with you. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with you wherever you go. One greater than your greatest need is present with you today. We don't ignore the facts, but we look at the facts through the lens of faith, and we choose faith over fear by holding on to the promises of God. That's a good word for us this week. Don't be afraid. Feed your faith. It's easy to look at other people's situation and say, don't be afraid, when we're not in their shoes. It's easy to read this story about Jairus and not have it stir emotion in us because we're not in Jairus' shoes. We can read Jesus' words to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, because we know how Jairus' situation plays out. We can read Joshua's story and and hear how how God tells Joshua, don't be afraid or discouraged. But the reality is that, that we're not on the battlefield, like we're not in Joshua's shoes. We're not about to die today by some other opposing enemy wanting to strike us down. It's easy to say, don't be afraid whenever we're not in their shoes. It's easy to tell someone going to surgery, don't be afraid when we're the ones that are not about to be cut open. We're not going under the knife. It was one thing to talk about the coronavirus and pray for people in China in February. It's not so easy today whenever the coronavirus is in our backyard and we cannot even leave our homes. It feels very different than it did just a few weeks ago. And in light of that, here's the question I want us to ask and the question I want to answer. How do we choose faith over fear when fear is just pounding on our door? Listen to me, church. If you feed your faith, you'll starve your fears. The flip side is also true, though. If you starve your faith, you'll feed your fears. Well, how do we feed our faith? Well, we feed our faith by thinking about the word of God, meditating on the promises of God, holding on to the promises of God. And if we do that, we'll allow God's word to have the loudest voice in our life. How do you feed your fears? We just allow all the messaging that's swirling around us today to have the loudest voice and anxiety will rise, fear will rise, and you'll begin to ask yourself, God, do you even see my situation? Do you even know what I'm up against? Choose faith over fear. Give faith the loudest voice and silence your fears. Jesus can tell Jairus with the greatest level of empathy, do not be afraid, just believe, because the one greater than death itself was with Jairus in the midst of that situation. And I'm just trying to tell you the same message today with the greatest level of empathy that I can muster. I know it's challenging times, but I am just saying, do not be afraid. Just believe because one greater than your greatest need, he's present, he's available, he's with you, he won't leave you, he won't forsake you. Don't be afraid. Just believe that the one greater than your greatest need is with you. 
Don't be afraid. Just believe that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Don't be afraid. Just believe that the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of your life. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Don't be afraid. Just believe that those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, you've never forsaken those who seek you. Don't be afraid. Just believe that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Don't be afraid. Just believe because our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. Don't be afraid. Just believe that when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy on March 22nd, 2020. For we know today that when our faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Don't be afraid. Remain confident of this, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We choose not to be afraid, but just believe because, oh Lord, you are good, ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love that all who ask you for help. We choose to not be afraid, but just believe because God, you are good and you do good. We choose not to be afraid, but just believe because my God will meet all of your needs according to those riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Don't be afraid, just believe because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's never gonna abandon you. Don't be afraid because one greater than your greatest need, he's with you. Don't be afraid, just believe. You'll hear a voice saying, why bother? But you'll hear Jesus' voice saying, don't be afraid, just believe I'm with you. The smartest thing that Jairus does in this situation is he keeps his mouth shut and he just follows Jesus back to the house. We pick it up in Mark 5, 37 through 43. He, Jesus, did not let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, the people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all the commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. But the people laughed at him. Jesus didn't see death. He saw an opportunity for resurrection. And I just wonder today if Jesus looks in on your situation and perhaps he sees the realities around us very differently than we do as well. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. They went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talutha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. This woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. This daughter, 12 years old, both experienced miracle. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. And then he told them, 
give her something to eat. I just love that part. Give her something to eat. Like, like your savior is so calm, so cool, so collective that he has the, the presence of his mind. Like, to, I'm going to raise the dead. And matter of fact, mom and dad, you should probably go to in and out and get this girl a double-double because I think she's hungry. It just reminds us that God's not worried about our situation oftentimes the way we are worried about our situation. God's not freaked out about whatever is keeping you up at night. I don't think God's in heaven wringing his hands over COVID-19. I think it's important for us to say this out loud. Say it so the TV can hear it. Say it so the neighbors can hear it. More importantly, say it so you can hear it. God's got this one just like the last one. God's got this one just like he did the last one. In closing, there's a lot of talk about how this virus is so contagious. But you know what else is contagious? Fear. Fear is contagious. But you know what else is contagious? Faith. Faith is contagious. And faith is the antidote to fear. Let's be people who spread faith in the midst of this fearful season. Let's make a conscious effort today to choose faith over fear. Remember, church, be strong and courageous. Remember, do not be afraid or discouraged. Remember why we can walk in courageous faith today, because God is with us. Remember Psalms 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Remember, Jesus is the only solution. He's more than able to meet all of your needs. He's able to meet their needs, her needs, your needs. He's more than able. Remember to ignore the negative voices. Remember to, to feed your faith, and by doing so, you'll starve your fears. Remember, we choose faith over fear. The reality is, fear has a voice, doesn't it? But I would submit to you that faith has a voice as well. Fear says, it'll never work. Faith says, is anything too hard for my God? Fear says, forget about others and protect your own. Faith says, don't grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Fear says, there won't be enough. Faith says, my God will meet all of my needs. Fear says, I'm paralyzed. Faith says, I'm empowered. Fear says, I'm all alone. Faith says, I'm never alone. Fear says, God has abandoned me. Faith says, if his eye is on the sparrow, I know he's still watching over me. Fear says this is a total waste of time. Faith says nothing you ever do for the Lord will be unnoticed. Fear says things will never get better. Faith says I've got plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I've got plans to give you a hope and a future. Fear says look at the size of your problems. Look at the size of your giants. Faith says look at the size of our God. Faith says the worst is bound to happen. Faith says the best is yet to come. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Fear says, I don't know how I'll handle this. Faith says, the Lord himself is with me. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my strength, my God in whom I trust. He will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. Friends, faith is contagious. So is fear. But faith builds immunity against the fear virus. So Central Christian Church, feed your faith, starve your fears. 
In the midst of this season, we walk in courageous faith with our heads held high. Let's make this verbal declaration. Let's live out this verse with our life because God has commanded us, don't be afraid. You be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because one greater than your greatest need is present. He reminds us today that the Lord is with us wherever you go. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for your word, how it's living and it's active. And I, I pray today, God, that your word will build faith in the heart of your church, God. Your word says that faith comes through hearing and, and hearing the word of God. So God, will we feed our faith by feeding ourselves your word and in doing so, may we starve our fears. God, will we allow your word to have the loudest voice in our life? Father, I pray for your church today. That, God, we, we would walk in courageous faith. We would have courage in our conversations. That we wouldn't ignore the facts, but, God, we would view the facts through the lens of faith. Help us, God, in this season. Father, we do pray that you would rise up. That, God, you would unite your church as one. That, God, we wouldn't, in the season where we don't go to church, God, we would be the church. Help us to love our neighbors well. Help us to love our families well. Help us, God, to, to care for the least of these, those in greatest need, God. We pray for our governing officials, Lord, that you would give them wisdom as we navigate these uncertain times. Father, I pray that you would help us, that, God, you would do something in our generation that's never been done before. Father, would you give us courageous faith for such things and courageous faith to do whatever you ask us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.